while those are being distributed, um, if I appear happier, lighter on my feet, it's because we had graduation yesterday. <laughs> which, uh, you know, every teacher loves to get to graduation. That's what, that's your job, right? You get students to graduation. So, uh, yesterday was particularly sweet for uh, our family, because uh, one of our daughters graduated from Milligan, so that's always good. Um, so, yeah, that was fun to see to see her. It's sort of graduation month for the Kennisons, so we had Catherine yesterday. Next weekend, I'll actually go to on Saturday go to Duke and have a good friend graduating there. The following week, I'll be at Davidson because Andrew's graduating, and the following weekend, Sarah Ann's graduating from Science Hill. So, three out of four weekends. At least it didn't all come on the same weekend, right? And that could have happened. So, uh, Sarah Ann uh, has been imbibing deeply uh, the Clemson Kool-Aid that her brother has been feeding her. So, yeah, she's going to Clemson, I'm afraid. So, yeah. Just when I thought that maybe part of my paycheck would actually come to my bank instead of some other institution, I'll just be sending it to Clemson for the next four years. So. All right. So you have your cards. So here, here are some ideas that uh, have come up over the last several months of things that people have said. Uh, and if you suggested something and I forgot to write it down, then that's just me. It's, don't take it personally. That's just, yeah. I don't even know what I had for breakfast. So the fact that I remember this much is, is impressive to me, probably not to you. Um, so here's, and these are in no particular order, but these are some things that have been suggested. And if you have a card, if, if one of these things, yeah, yeah, I'd really like to do that, then just put this down, and then uh, we'll collect these. I just want to, it, it's not going to be democratic. I mean, it's still an authoritarian dictatorship. Um, but I will at least give the pretense that you have some input, okay? I mean, no one's going to see these cards but me. I'm going to do what I want, right? <laughs> just be plain. Some of these I remember who suggested them, and some of them I don't. Uh, so I, I think I won't say who, I get, unless I get it wrong. But somebody a long time ago said, um, how about, it would be interesting to do a kind of study on the Apostles' Creed. Uh, there, are, there are Sundays when we recite the Apostles' Creed. Um, where did it come from? I mean, what's the sort of historical background that it uh, came out of? And also, like, what does all those things, what do those things mean that we say that we believe? Um, and what do you do if you don't believe one or more of those things? Do you just not say that when you say the creed? Just leave that part out, get real silent. <laughs> like, he descended to the dead. Like, I don't know what that means. Maybe I shouldn't say that. Uh, or believe in the resurrection of the body. Do you? Um, do you, you know, yeah, all kinds of things. So we could do a kind of historical theological overview of the Apostles' Creed so that when you say that, recite that, you affirm that, 
you might have a little clearer notion what it is you're affirming. That wouldn't be a bad thing. So um, that was one suggestion. So if you want to do that one, you can just write down Apostles' Creed or AC. Um, I'll figure it out. Okay. It could be air conditioning. I know. Yeah. That's what I wanted last weekend was air conditioning. Second one. Um, there have been some suggestions. You can always... We'd spend a lot of time in here, of course, studying Scripture. And if we did the Apostles' Creed, we would, of course, talk about how these different phrases are rooted in Scripture. So we're always going to be closely tied to Scripture. Um, we haven't done a, a book study for a while, a book of the Bible, and a couple have come up. Um, it's one suggestion that we do the book of Ephesians, um, New Testament uh, letter. Um, I actually know, you might think, how could you spend, you know, several weeks on the book of Ephesians? I know a very dear congregation up in Indianapolis that spent um, about two years in the book of Ephesians. So, um, and they don't regret a week of it. So there's more there than you might think. I promise you we wouldn't take two years. So, um, Ephesians, yeah, just put E. You know, if you don't know how to spell Ephesians, or E-P-H, okay, E-P-H, Ephesians, if you're not sure how to spell that. Uh, someone also, uh, to my regret, um, suggested the book of Revelation, um, which I'm actually not, not as much against as you might think. I mean, it is probably not even arguably, it is the most abused book uh, in in all of Scripture, I think, uh, at least the New Testament. Uh, some of you may know that uh, the great reformer Martin Luther um, had his doubts that it should be in the canon. Um, really wasn't sure. And, it, and, it, and those in the early church who, who were wrestling with the canon weren't really sure either. It was, uh, it was a really contentious book. Um, and, yeah, all of you know, have an idea. I'm sure you've heard all kinds of things about what it means and doesn't mean. Um, but if we were to do that, um, we would try to talk a lot about um, what it means to read a piece of what's known as apocalyptic literature. What, is it, what does this genre of literature mean? Presumably, um, the kind of literature that something is has a huge effect on how you read it. Right, you don't read the novel the same way you read um, a grocery list. Those are two very different kinds of documents, uh, or a poem. So, I'm sounding raspy. I don't think it's me, but maybe it is. So, Revelation, uh, the book of Revelation, uh, that starts with an R. Uh, <laughs> Try to keep it simple. So, so, so far we have A, C, E, and R. You can just make your mark, or you can just put an X, um, which means none of the above. We could also study a portion of Scripture. Um, someone suggested uh, several months ago that they would like to see us do a study 
of what is known as the Beatitudes, which is the opening verses of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. So um, there's a lot there. Um, you probably heard a number of sermons over the years on those. Um, those have been taken um, for years to be critically central to understanding uh, Christian identity and the kingdom, our kingdom identity. Um, so that's, that's, that's the Beatitudes. That's a B as in boy. We could also study uh, a book that would take us into uh, scripture. Um, one book, we read the Henry Nouwen book on dying and caring for the dying, uh, which I, when I, I confess to you that I knew a lot of his work, I didn't know that one. Um, probably his best known book uh, is called Return of the Prodigal Son. And I've had more than one request for that. Um, it's, a, it's a beautiful book. It's a powerful book. I teach a course where I have students finish with that book. It's such a powerful book. Um, Henry Nouwen reflects on Rembrandt's famous painting on the prodigal son and uses, he sort of reads the painting, he reads the text, he reads his own life through all of those. It's a deeply personal work. Uh, it's a beautiful work. And I've never had anyone read the book who didn't think, one, that they knew pretty much their, everything there was to know about the, the prodigal son, and two, find out there's a lot they didn't know. Uh, that there is, There's a lot of beautiful things to think about in that very, very famous parable. So we could, we could take a look at that book and use it as a way of thinking through that parable and all that that parable has to teach us, which um, you can pretty much teach the whole gospel right through that parable. You fixed it. You, fi you fixed me. Thank you. Have you on call. So that's uh, Henry Nouwen, um, that's an N. Uh, so we have AC for Apostles' Creed, E for Ephesians, R for Revelation, B for Beatitudes, and N for Nouwen's uh, Return of the Prodigal Son. Now if you have a suggestion, uh, we'll take, those are the ones that I remember being given over the last several months, so you can write down any of those. Now, what I'd also like to do is give you a chance, it's always dangerous to open up the floor to this group, um, but you're welcome. I mean, I'd like to hear other suggestions, uh, as long as they begin with a letter other than the ones we already have. <laughs> we don't want to confuse people. So, uh, what else, Corky? Um, I think it'd be interesting to do Spend some time on C.S. Lewis, your choice of his writings. Okay, the question is, C.S. Lewis has written a lot. Um, he's written novels. Um, he's written theological works um, of all kinds of things. 
considered by um, many to be um, one of the most important kind of theological popularizers of the last century. Uh, had a huge audience, um, pretty accessible. Um, yeah, and that's uh, C <laughs> for Clive. Yeah, Bill. I don't know how long, how long it would take, but I'd like to learn more about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. How long would it take? <laughs> it's always a dangerous question to ask me. Like, how long would that take? Yeah. The Holy Spirit. We did. We have talked about the Holy Spirit, but we have. You can't talk too much about the Holy Spirit. So that's H S. For Holy Spirit. Not to be confused with Holy Scripture. I mean, that's, we're talking about Scripture all the time. But the Holy Spirit, um, we, could, we could talk about that. Donna. What about comparing kind of core concepts or core beliefs of different religions and how it compares to Methodists? We can't so, hear. Yeah. So core concepts, the question was Donna asked if we could compare core concepts of other religions uh, with United Methodism. No. <laughs> so just scratch that one. <laughs> yeah, just put no. <laughs> yeah, you can just put uh Yeah. CC, core concepts. Is Donna going to teach that? Yeah, I was, I was going to check with her afterwards to see. No, it isn't. It, it's incredibly important in our world, particularly when we're reminded every day whether it's true or not, um, that a lot of uh, flashpoints. Uh, religion is religion is used, whether well or rightly. Religion is used and has been from the beginning uh, for good and ill. Right? I mean, people use religion to justify all kinds of things, and so it's it's hard to live in a world that's as interconnected as ours is. And not know, so, I mean, you owe it to yourself, you owe it to your neighbors who see the world differently than you do, to know just at least minimally uh, how they see the world, um, where there are overlaps with the way that you might see the world, where there are differences, what, the, what you make of those differences. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's part of just being minimally educated, right? And, and it's being a good neighbor, right? To love your neighbor. You can't love your neighbor as yourself if you don't have a clue how they see the world. You just can't. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, so that's CC for core concepts. Um, but, yeah, don't want to put that one down. We'll have to bring in somebody else to teach that one. <laughs> Which will be kind of, it'll be fine. It'll be fine. Randall. The other day we were at shows and we met this Christian Muslim. Mm. And so uh, Pat asked us to sit home and be a Christian. 
She said a big wife's man all the time, said, I've been a Christian all my life. Hmm. She's been like that. That her and her parents haven't had to flee for her because of being a Christian. But she said, we've been a Christian nation for a lot of years. Hmm. Said, people don't realize. Yeah. The comment was that uh, he'd met a, a Christian Muslim and uh, from Baghdad and realized that they hadn't realized they were Christians in that part of the world. Um, it's easy for us to forget that. Um, I saw a hand over here earlier too, I think. Yeah, I'm coming over there, but you've been, this side's been hogging the conversation. I just, this is my blind spot over here, so I'm trying to be a good teacher and, and scan the other side of the room. I'll be back. Ron. Okay, I would like you to, I'll take your pencils, scratch out whatever you've written. Back my man, Bill Brady. Let's do all of these, but let's start with the Holy Spirit. That's something that, uh, well, where is the Holy Spirit? Maybe he can enlighten us. <laughs> I didn't know I'd open the floor for lobbying. <laughs> but apparently I have. Anyone else over on this section before I ignore my blind spot yet again? Yes, she. Um, some of my Baptist friends are having a Bible study on the book and the movie the case for Christ, and it might be interesting. Okay. Uh, so the, the comment was that some uh, folks have been, that we know, neighbors have been, uh, yeah, that was the Baptists. <laughs> I hear people already mumbling. <laughs> yeah. We want to learn about other religions, but what if, they're just other Christians that are beyond the pale. <laughs> uh, this is why I don't usually open the floor. I mean, listening sounds good in principle, but when you really start doing it, this group, they're incorrigible. So it was, if I can, yes, it was the case for Christ. That's another CC, so I don't know if it falls. Yeah, yeah you just have to cross that one out. Um, or the other one. Case for Christ, and it was a, uh, a movie and a book study. Phil? Yeah? I just did a Bible study over the winter on a book called What Every Christian Should Know About the Quran. And it was very enlightening, but tough. I mean, it's, it's really a lot of studying. Well, I think I don't want to do that then. <laughs> I thought you might use it for a reference. Okay. Yeah, that was for me. You didn't hear that. Because whatever, book came a book called "Whatever Christian Should Know About the Quran," and I don't know anything about that, so I can't say one way or the other. It may, I'm assuming it's a fantastic book. Um, okay, now I'm now I'm coming back over to get Lori because I'm not ignoring you, Lori. <laughs> And you don't have time to write things down. You're on the floor. Let's go. I was just going to suggest that we try the quarterly again. Really? 
such respect we give each other. That holy conferencing. Obviously, you part. You all weren't part of the holy conferencing because one of the things you would have learned had you been part of the holy conferencing was to listen respectfully. You don't have to agree, but somehow audibly hissing. Really. <laughs> Q. Q is for quarterly. For those of you who wanted to hear that contribution over the hissing, Lori said we could occasionally go back to the quarterly, which you had done for generations. Um, not really that long, but we had done we had done that. And when I started teaching the the course five years ago, the class five years ago. That's what we started with, because that's what you've done. And, um, so that's a possibility. That's 10. How about one more? Yeah, make it an even 11. social principles in the discipline. In the what? <laughs> we didn't hear it. Yeah, it's OK. People would understand it. Um, there's a thing called this, the social principles in the Book of Discipline, which, yeah. Um, some of you may not know the United Methodist has a Book of Discipline. Um, and there's actually stuff in it that we're supposed to uh, be aware of, presumably adhere to. And um, so, that would be, yeah, if you want to con continue to consider yourself United Methodist, it would be good to know what in, are in the social principles. Um, that would be helpful. One more. Thank you. Now we're back to a holy dozen. Uh, I think it'd be interesting to do a comparison of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Okay, so a comparison of the Gospels. Um, that's... G for Gospels. Social Principles was SP, by the way. I didn't say that. This is really helpful. I think we've got enough here to last for maybe the next you know, five or six years. Um, I don't plan on asking you again. <laughs> Which one are you going to pick? I'm, I'm going to at least wait and see what you say. And, and if you didn't, if you have another idea, but either you didn't want to raise it because you too didn't want to be hissed, or you know, whatever, you're you're still welcome to write it down. But use words. Don't just give me the initials because I won't be able to tell. <laughs> I'm not that good. So write that out in full. Um, let me just run through that one more time, just so that, you know, now that you know the full dozen, you can kind of indicate which ones if you were sort of uh, trying to, and you can, you can do whatever you want. You can put every one down that you're interested in, you can order them, you know, I, I can do that much, right? I can, I can think I can figure out what you're trying to say by what you put down and how you order them. So here's what they were. Apostles' Creed was AC. Um, Ephesians, the book of Ephesians was E, uh, book of Revelation was R, 
uh, the Beatitudes, uh, Sermon on the Mount, opening the Sermon on the Mount, that was uh, B, as in boy. Uh, we had Henry Nouwen's book, Return of the Prodigal Son, that was N. Uh, C.S. Lewis, that was just C for Clive. Holy Spirit, H.S. Core Concepts of Other Religions, United Methodism, that was C.C. Not to be confused with the Case for Christ, number eight, which we'll just have to write out, Case for Christ. Um, number nine was what every, every Christian should know about the Quran. You can just write Quran and with a K or a Q, whatever, how you went. I can figure that out. Um, 10 is the quarterly. You just put Q. 11 was social principles, SP, and 12 was comparing the various gospels, and that's G. That's a lot of really interesting stuff. Those are great suggestions. Um, I look forward to seeing uh, what you want to study and hoping that it comports with what I want to study. <laughs> I don't need any help at all. Thank you. <laughs> so, you all are so helpful. Uh, now these will be sealed in a vault and uh, Price Waterhouse. Yeah, yeah, Price Waterhouse is gonna do the tabulation. Um, I really do appreciate your openness to studying whatever it is that we study. I know not every series uh, is your favorite. Um, not every series I teach is my favorite. Um, but I appreciate uh, most of you still keep coming, at least some of the time. Not very many of you seem to just leave for three months because you don't like the study. I'm uh, grateful for that. Um, but I look forward to, and I'm not even sure when this is all going to start, um, because, yeah, summers, we'll see. I don't think we're going to start immediately, right, next week. So... We're going to have some probably one-off studies. Next week's Mother's Day, that high holy day on the church year. <laughs> Nothing against mothers. Um, we are, but I have something planned for next week um, that's not a, just a one-week series. You can tell us what it is so we can decide whether we want to come or not. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and that is precisely why I never tell you what's coming for next week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I will tell you. I will tell you, and I'll see what good it does. <laughs> um, you know, we, we rightly talk, we're talking about community this month. We're looking in the book of Ephesians, in, in the congregation, in the sermons, the new sermon series on community with the focus on the unity at the end of that word, community, right? And uh, we're looking at Philippians for that. And one of the central images that we've talked a lot about in here, because it's a central issue in Scripture in the Christian faith, is the notion of the body of Christ, of course. And there's a lot to learn about community and unity within diversity from that image. But I thought for next Sunday, since it's Mother's Day, we would look at a different image for the church um, called the family of God. And 
and think about the way that metaphor, the family of God, uh, complements, because it offers some things actually that body of Christ language doesn't uh, in kind of interesting ways that are easy to miss if we only used body of Christ language. Not trying to get rid of body of Christ language, it's absolutely essential. Um, but family of God, which is also a central metaphor, image in scripture for the church, also has some really powerful things to teach us about community and life together. So that's what we'll talk about next Sunday, should you choose to come. Well, we're going to talk about whether you choose to come or not, but I mean, <laughs> that's what we'll be focusing on next Sunday. Okay? Thank you for your good humor this morning. Um, for those of you who came expecting a lesson, oh well. We got one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, y'all did generally a pretty good job of listening to each other. Um, some of you need a little work, but we'll pray for you. So let's, let's pray to close. God of grace and mercy, we give you great thanks for the opportunities we have to gather as your people, as the body of Christ, as the family of God who you've called out to bear witness to your inbreaking kingdom. We give you thanks for this church, this class, for the connection we feel with one another because of the bonds of Christ. We pray as this congregation and as the United Methodist Church and churches all across the country wrestle with our own identity, our own sense of community, our own sense of being made one by you, that you would help us to listen and understand one another, that we'd be open to your work in the world, and that we would have the courage to join you wherever we see you at work. We pray your blessing uh, during this season of year of beginnings, new beginnings, uh, lots of people graduating, uh, lots of people moving and transitioning. Pray your blessing on those in this class who, who need your strength and prayer. Um, pray they would feel your presence and our presence. Most of all, we ask that you would continue by your spirit to make us the people you've called to be, that we might bear faithful embodied witness in the world for the sake of your kingdom and to your glory. We pray this through Christ. Amen.